Is your spiritual cup running empty? Did you once feel full of the Holy Spirit, but now it feels like you're running dry? Does God give free refills? Is that even theologically possible or sound doctrine? Is being full of the Holy Spirit the same thing as being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Is there a difference between the Holy Spirit being in you and on you? That's coming up next on the Point UH Campus Ministry Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to The Point at UH Campus Ministry. I'm super excited to jump into today's topic, so let's get right to it. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is baptism? To baptize means to immerse, to dip, or submerge. So it would not be sacrilegious to say something like, you know, you baptize your Oreo in milk. Baptism comes from the Jewish practice of ritual cleansing. Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, came before him to prepare the way for Jesus, calling Israel to repent from sins and be baptized in water. John the Baptist may have actually been the one to coin the phrase, baptize in Holy Spirit. All four of the Gospels record John the Baptist distinguishing baptism in water for repentance of sins from baptizing in Holy Spirit. He says, I baptize you with water, but the one coming after me will baptize in Holy Spirit. So all four of the Gospels record John the Baptist distinguishing his baptism in water for repentance of sins from Jesus' baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mark is the earliest Gospel and has the simplest version of that, so we're going to stick to that for today. Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Behold, I am sending my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts with wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And of course, Jesus also refers to baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at him saying that, kind of hinting at it at the end of Luke, and then saying it explicitly in Luke's second volume, the book of Acts. We'll just read verse 45. Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, he says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So now we'll turn to Acts. Let us see what the Lord would be pleased to do. So let's notice three things about what Jesus said there. First, he's saying that this is something that the Father has promised. Second, he says that you will be clothed with power is the third part. But the second part is being clothed with it. It's going to be something you put on. It's going to be a garment. It's going to be all over you. Third thing, what are we clothed in? What is the Holy Spirit for? It's going to be power. So in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then in verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, 
and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Verse 9, when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. So this is when Jesus ascends to the Father's right hand and takes his throne to rule the heavens and the earth. But he said he will not leave us as orphans. He's going to send Holy Spirit. It's actually better that Jesus goes back to be with the Father so Holy Spirit can come live in us and work through us. So already we see that the Holy Spirit's purpose, from according to Jesus, is to give us power for witnessing. Witnessing about what? Witnessing about the death, burial, and resurrection, now enthronement, of King Jesus of Nazareth. Now, whenever the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2 and baptizes the disciples in the Holy Spirit, uh, Peter points out that this is the fulfillment of well, numerous Old Testament prophecies, but Peter is going to especially quote the book of Joel. When the day of Pentecost arrived, this is Acts 2 verse 1, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were people from all over the world there in Jerusalem for the Jewish festivals and they start hearing the wonders of God proclaimed in their native tongues. Verse 12, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But some of them mocked and said, They are filled with new wine. So these people who are filled with the Holy Spirit are accused of being drunk. They are speaking in other languages, but do people normally speak in other languages when they're drunk? Maybe. Uh, but probably also, they're very excited, they're very passionate, they're very bold, and they're declaring the wonders of God. That means they're not just making suggestions, they're not just sort of politely nudging people and saying, hey, they are declaring it. So Peter stands up and says, verse 14, but Peter standing with them lifted his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, which is about 9 a.m. Jews typically broke their fast around 10 a.m. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And here's what Joel had said. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams even on my male servants and my female servants in those days i will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and i will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the lord comes the great and magnificent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the lord shall be saved so what Peter is saying is this prophecy from the book of Joel, along with others, but he's quoting Joel, is being fulfilled before their very eyes. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on all of God's people, regardless of gender, regardless of age, regardless of class or status. The Holy Spirit outpouring and baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone who believes in the name of Jesus. So after Peter preaches the gospel to them, they heard this and were cut to the heart, verse 37 of Acts 2. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What shall we do then? We killed the Son of God. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So we can see that the New Testament church baptism is a two-in-one package. There's a repentance of sins and being baptized in water. And at the same time, Jesus is going to send the Holy Spirit to baptize the believers in Holy Spirit. They will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit are sort of two ways of talking about the same thing. This is why I don't think, as some people make a distinction between Holy Spirit in you and on you, I don't think that's a helpful distinction because the Bible describes 
the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit with the same result of boldness for witnessing. There might be a difference between having received the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean we're always full of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that in a second. So in New Testament baptism, we have a forgiveness of sins and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has multiple roles. Primarily right now we're talking about what we see here, which is power for witnessing. It also comes to sanctify us, to cleanse our conscience, and to lead us into living righteously. Let's just pause here and note that In baptism, there may be a person there standing to baptize an individual in water, but it is the Lord who does the baptizing in the Holy Spirit. So really the main goal of this video today is simply to redeem that language of baptism in the Holy Spirit. In my upbringing, we often talked about receiving the Holy Spirit, and that's a very biblical way of talking about it, but I haven't really heard anyone say at a water baptism that they're going to also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, unfortunately, I've even heard some people get baptized without the minister even mentioning the Holy Spirit. This is a big deal. So when we baptize people in water for remissions of sins and to receive the Holy Spirit, let's not forget that it is the Lord who's also doing something. He's saving them from their sins and He will baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And then, after their baptism in the Holy Spirit, these humble fishermen with little education become bold witnesses of the death, burial, and resurrection and enthronement of Jesus Christ. The religious leaders of Israel are shocked that these ordinary men are standing up so boldly to proclaim this gospel. In chapter 3 of Acts, right away, Peter and John heal a man who is begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. This causes quite a stir, and they're taken to the Jewish religious leaders' council before the Sanhedrin um, to be put on trial. The religious leaders try to intimidate the disciples and threaten them so that they won't preach Jesus anymore. But I love Peter's response, where Peter and John answered them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. We all need that kind of God encounter to where we can't help but tell other people about how good God is, how real God is, and the Holy Spirit is how we encounter God, and it is what empowers us to have the courage to stand with God regardless of what other men or women will think. So the Sanhedrin releases Peter and John, and they go back and tell the other disciples, and they have this really wonderful prayer, and I want to pay special attention to what happens after their prayer. So we'll jump in at the end of their prayer. This is Acts chapter 4, verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon these people's threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And now, Watch the result and pay careful attention to how this unfolds. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, numerous times throughout the book of Acts, Luke will point out that a person who's preaching is filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've always taken that as just a reminder, sort of a theme in Luke, that these people have the Holy Spirit. And that's true, but here, I think what's going on is they're actually filled again with the Holy Spirit. See, this is a result of their prayer. They already had had the Holy Spirit. Why would Luke point it out here? The place in which they were praying was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. This looks to me like God's response to their prayer and to their obedience. They had already been faithful. They had already preached the gospel. And now they're asking the Lord for more courage, more Holy Spirit to empower them to do that. And God honors their request. We also know this about Holy Spirit. It can be grieved. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says Holy Spirit can be extinguished quenched or stifled. So both of those passages seem to say that Holy Spirit can be lessened in our life or hushed. And if, of course, if we're not listening to the voice of God, 
Maybe he's not going to talk as much until we show that we're ready to listen. In 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7, Paul tells Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God that was upon Timothy by the laying on of hands. And you might think that when some interpreters think maybe this is the, a particular gift, the gift of teaching, the gift of preaching. But Paul continues and says, But God has given us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of sermons on love. And I've heard a lot of sermons on self-control. I have not heard a lot of sermons on the power of God at work in the life of a believer through Holy Spirit. So that's part of what this video series is about. If you're finding this video helpful, encouraging, useful, hit the like button, subscribe, share this with a friend, and stay tuned for more videos in our Holy Spirit series leading up to Pentecost 2022. In another video later, we're going to talk about fanning into flame the gift of God that's in us. How do we do that? That'll be a separate video. Be looking forward to that on intimacy with God. Jesus has a lot more to say about Holy Spirit at work in the life of the believer. We're going to look at a little bit of that today. But first, let's talk about some of these signs that are accompanying the believer's who are baptized in Holy Spirit. As we've already noted, first of all, boldness is accompanying the disciples. In Acts chapter 4 alone, the word boldness is used three times. The book of Acts ends with Paul proclaiming the kingdom with all boldness and without hindrance. Throughout the book of Acts, speaking in tongues is another aspect of, that we see upon people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that in a completely separate video, so just stay tuned for that. We see signs, wonders, and miracles. And we see the fruit of the Spirit. I want to stop right here and say about fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of man working to look like he has the Spirit. Right? This is why the apostles can be in jail, let's say, and although they're being persecuted, although things around them are not going well, uh, according to human standards, they in the Spirit know that this is God's will, that they suffer for Christ by proclaiming the gospel, and they still have joy despite the circumstances of life. So the fruit of the Spirit is not man-made. Of course, the Spirit is training us and equipping us. We do have to learn to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. It's not going to overtake us and force us to do anything. But if we find that our life is not full of the fruit of the Spirit, here's what we could do. Go to the prayer closet, get on our knees, have some honest heart-to-heart time with God and say, Father, is there anything in my life that I'm prioritizing above you and your mission? Is there any sin in my life? And so we check for areas of compromise in our lives. Acts 3.19 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, Repent then and turn to the Lord so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And last but not least, if we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, if we are full of the Holy Spirit, our spiritual life will be overflowing and spilling over into the lives of the people around us. The Holy Spirit's job is to point to Jesus, to illuminate the risen Christ, John 15, 26. Now, we don't always feel the Holy Spirit, but we live according to the truth, not according to our feelings. One great evangelist said that when we're born again, we receive B.O., and not body odor, but boldness and obedience. Uh, boldness is the left leg and obedience is the right. And a lot of us are saying, Lord, give us more boldness and then I'll go out and preach. And the Lord's saying, no, 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 you go preach and then I'll give you boldness. And as we take a step, we find that God meets us. And as we take baby steps and baby steps, we begin to walk and even to run in the spirit of the Lord and in the energy that the Lord provides. And so now to address a couple of issues that I mentioned in the introduction of the video. Some people draw a distinction between the Holy Spirit in you versus the Holy Spirit on you. I don't think this is helpful. The scriptures describe a born-again believer living in boldness, preaching the gospel as both having it in them and on them. These prepositions don't carry the weight that some people say they do. For example, sometimes Luke will write that Peter or Stephen, while they're preaching the gospel, were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if I have a cup and I fill it with water, is this is the water on the inside or the outside? Well, it's on the inside. 
But of course, Jesus says you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit for this purpose of getting power for preaching. And if you're baptized, is the water on the inside or the outside? Well, the water is on the outside of you. So the in you versus on you is not a helpful way of talking about it. However, as we've kind of alluded to already, there may be a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being full of the Holy Spirit. Because we can grieve the Holy Spirit, we can quench the Spirit, we can stop listening to the Spirit, and God's not going to add gas to our tank to drive down a road that He doesn't want us on. To walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. That means we have to bear fruit worthy of repentance and obey everything that Jesus commanded us to. Are we loving our enemies? Are we selling our possessions and not counting our lives or our things as our own? This is not salvation by works. I'm not saying you get into heaven by these things. I'm saying that as we yield ourselves over to the purposes of God, as we check our hearts and make sure there's nothing that's being prioritized above sharing the gospel and obeying Jesus, we may just find that God continues to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let's close with the words of Jesus from Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 13. He says, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, thank You for this time of devotion to You. Thank You for this time in the Word. Father, would You bless each person here who watches this video. Help them to turn to You, to know Your love, to know Your power and Your mercy. Would You cause rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit, to well up in them and overflow to the ends of the earth, to the nations, so that everybody will know how great You are and how much You love them. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. See you next time.